City Church in Over the Rhine is cultivating the kind of family Jesus introduced to the world in the city of Cincinnati. We're glad you're choosing to listen to a sermon from our weekly service. We would love to meet you. Visit us on Instagram or at citychurchotr.com. Enjoy. Uh, If we haven't met yet, my name is Rob Groves, and I get the opportunity to serve here on staff as one of the pastors. I'm the associate pastor and part of the preaching team, so if we haven't met yet, what up? I'm from the West Coast, y'all. Good to meet you. I'm glad to have you guys in church. I want to recap a little bit uh, of the series uh, in case you didn't catch all the messages. Um, We have been teaching on yours. So not ours, but yours. And we had an amazing graphics team come up with a graphic that just says yours. That's dope. Um, But the first message that we had was on uh, the selfish heart or the grieving heart. The selfish heart or a grieving heart or a generous heart and a grateful heart. And Chris, I think, knocked it out of the park. He really brought that home. And then he came back with his most uncomfortable message on the tithe. But I love that uh, he shared his Starbucks story. Does anybody remember his Starbucks story? He called it a love revolution. And his giving changed the atmosphere of that Starbucks. And then Michelle knocked it out of the park last week with the first fruits. Uh, and she taught us that God cannot be second, that we bring our first and our very best to God. And this team really hates me. That's why they gave me this message to preach on, because I get to talk to you about a spirit of mammon. I get to talk to you guys about demons and like demon hunting and evil spirits and all that stuff. So isn't that good? We should probably pray over it. Uh, Lord, we are doing spiritual warfare today. This is not just a message on generosity. This is not just a message on where our hearts are. This is a message of freedom. This is a message that can break bondage off of people. So Father, speak through me today. Think through my mind. Speak through my mouth. Uh, Lord, I hope that people here, all of you, and that you bring freedom today in this area. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe that, somebody said, amen. amen. Mammon is mentioned four times in the New Testament, all by Jesus. And our core scripture for today is going to be found in Luke chapter 16, uh, verses 9 through 13. And we're going to throw it up. And it's going to be in the New King Jimmy version, because if you are reading a different translation, how many know there are different translations of the Bible? And this is a word-for-word translation. The New King Jimmy translation is going to tell you about mammon. So Luke chapter 16, verses 9 through 13. And these, this is Jesus speaking. He says, And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you, who will commit to your trust? the true riches. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and 
mammon. In the first message, Chris talked, uh, he, he quoted John Wesley, and he says this, the last part of a man to be converted is his wallet. And I believe that. The last part of a man, well, it's one of the last things to be converted. One of the last things to be converted because sex and money are the things that nobody wants to talk about as Christians. Sex and money are the two biggest areas that we don't want to turn over to God. And you might be thinking, wait, why is he talking about sex right now when we're supposed to be talking about money? Well, it's strategic because if I keep talking about sex, you'll be happy when I start talking about money. You'll start cutting checks right now. You'll just run up here and just be like, please shut up. Don't talk about sex anymore. Get back into the money message, Rob. Get it. Do your thing. Uh, sex and money are like the final bosses of our poor choices when it comes to being a Christian. And if you don't know what a final boss is, ask somebody under 40 years old and they'll tell you who plays video games. Um, outside of a life with Jesus, we want to have sex with whoever we want, whenever we want. And we don't want anybody to tell us about it. Then we get saved, we become Christian, and we don't know how to talk about it because it's taboo. But mostly, mostly because we've already developed bad habits in our lives. Um, I think it's the same thing when it comes to our finances. Outside of a life of Jesus, we don't want anyone to tell us anything about our money except how to get more of it. Then we become Christian, and we don't know how to talk about it because we've already developed bad habits or ungodly beliefs in the area, and we don't want to change. And most of the time, your ungodly beliefs uh, that are uh, uh, surrounded money, that are centered around money, they go unnoticed. It's not like when you become friends with somebody as a believer, they're like, hey, Brandon, how's your generosity and stewardship going? Just checking in on you. Are you greedy? Are you dealing with greed right now? Are you, are you dealing with pride? <laughs> No one wants to confront someone about greed because money can be intimidating. When's the last time you asked one of your friends if they were finding their identity in their salary? When's the last time you asked one of your friends who are in a financial struggle um, if you could help them with your budget? If you could look at their budget and see where their money's going and see maybe why are they in this financial struggle? And as soon as I say that, I can feel the temperature in the room. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm not saying is that if you're in a financial bind, it's because you're a bad person um, or because you have somehow not pleased God. This is not that message, okay? Please hear what I'm saying. What I am saying is that if you are in a prolonged season of financial struggle, there could be something deeper going on. There could be something deeper going on. I know that sickness happens. I know that accidents happen. I know that people lose jobs. And I know that this could be a season, a real tough season, um, where there's some financial difficulties. But prolonged seasons of financial struggle could mean that there's something deeper. A lot of the times, it's because we're trusting in something other than God. And for those of you who have never known a financial struggle, I want to say this. We'll worship anything that gives us peace, power, and control, even if it's false. Uh, I believe in two principles in life, and one of them is whatever is celebrated gets repeated. Whatever is celebrated gets repeated. In other words, if you have been celebrated 
by how much money you make and how well you're doing and your success. It's easily repeated. And whatever you do to gain power and influence, you must continue to remain in power or influence. And how many know if money is involved in that power and influence, we got a problem. If you got to the top by your talents, gifting, and money, you must continue to stay in that to continue to be at the top. And when it comes to the worship of money, there's a specific spirit involved. There's a specific spirit involved. I want to present something to you. Why is money intimidating? It's just an inanimate object. Why is money intimidating? The word intimidate means to be made timid. How come money can make us timid? Because money that is unsurrendered to God has a spirit on it, and it's called mammon. When we trust in money over God, that spirit is called mammon. Matthew 6.24 is the first place that we're going to see Jesus mention mammon. And it says this, no one can serve, and it's a repeat uh, what was said in uh, Luke 16. It says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and he will despise the other. It's the first time we see the word, and it's often translated as money, but it's actually mammon. Um, Luke 16, 9. And I say to you, make friends with yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. You see, mammon are just riches of the world or unsubmitted money. If it was just money, then Jesus could have just called it money. He could have just said, hey, you know, don't, you'll, you'll love, you can't love money and God. But he specifically says mammon because it's an Aramaic word, which means riches, which is a concept that you can take back to the pagan god of wealth, which can be traced back all the way to Babylon, which can be traced all the way back to the Tower of Babel. Now, any of you Bible scholars know why they built the Tower of Babel? Anyone? Why they build it? Shout it out. So they could get to God, right? So they could have power and authority outside of God. They built that tower because they wanted to be outside of God's strength. They wanted to do it in their own strength. And what did God do when they built the Tower of Babel? Anyone? He confused their language. He confused their language. The mammon spirit wants to confuse us about who we should worship. The mammon spirit is looking for worshipers, and it wants to confuse us about who we should worship. You see, none of us woke up this morning and thought about choosing between God and money. And that's the thing. It's so slick and sneaky. It's rarely overt. You didn't wake up and say, today I choose mammon over God. Most of the time, we are wholly unaware of it. A lot of the times, we get here by just the socioeconomic climate that we were raised in. Some of us were raised in poverty and lack, middle class, or some of us even in wealth. And if you were raised in any of those, which I'm sure that covers all of us, uh, fear and entitlement opened the door for mammon to come in and do its thing. Mammon's two best friends are pride and poverty. Here's how poverty works. The poverty spirit works like this. You grow up, you've experienced lack, you get to a place of safety, but you're still fearful of losing money. 
You see, you've lived in lack, and you'll do everything in your power to make sure that you never do again. And notice what I say in your power. You'll do everything in your power to make sure that you never experience lack again. Doing things on your own strength is never peaceful. Uh, If you're experiencing a poverty spirit, you might be cheap. And don't confuse cheap with frugal. Frugal is wise. Saving money is wise. Trying to get the best deal on something is wise. But trying to underpay people, that's cheap. And you might be dealing with a poverty spirit. Can I just get on my soapbox for a minute? If you have a friend who owns a business, they have a service, and you're trying to get that service or business for cheaper because you want the homie hookup, you might be cheap. (laughs) You might have a problem. Why wouldn't you want to just pay them their wage? No one comes to your job and says, hey, will you do this for less? Right? But we do that. We do that with our friends who are photographers or have a service, and we say, hey, can we get the homie hookup? Can we get the deal? Who are you trusting? Are you trusting God? Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Sunday service. If we can serve you in any way, please visit our website at citychurchotr.com. If you want to be a part of what God is doing in Cincinnati, you can support us financially. Giving can also be done on our website at citychurchotr.com slash give.